0: Good evening, everybody. Uh, Welcome to Tamper Tantrum Live here at Cut North in Manchester. Thank you all for coming. Would have been super awkward if you didn't. Um, Well, no, it would just be like a podcast. Yeah, a little bit like that. It's
1: kind of like a podcast with people. Exactly. Yeah. I don't like it, though. I'm a bit frightened.
0: Um, We've never really done one like this before, have we?
1: No. Uh, We kind of did in the the early days a dose in London. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where we had people come and... But this is the first time we've had a real
0: audience, so it's kind of nice. All of seven years ago. You all had fun today? Have you all had fun today? That's more like it. Um, Is that all the audience participation we're going to have? I felt very, like, what's his name? Bob Monkhouse doing that, maybe? (laughs) Um, This is my third year at Cup North, I believe. And it's great to see all the hard work going in, and it's grown from strength to strength. It's... It's got its own uh vibe do you guys have vibe in this country we have vibe back home yeah so it's very peculiar. maybe you are
1: having crack N-
0: no crack is our word you guys can't have crack N- no no are, no are you
1: having crack I- <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's definitely a very unique vibe about this this festival like it's not as elbowy as london i think
1: it's not as festively which is nice yeah because i don't like that whole kind of buy this and this just seems kind of friendly and more relaxed and Kind of fun. The fact that there's beer and there's kind of like I
0: don't know. It's just much more fun. You know what my favourite thing is, though. Everybody look up. These aren't steel girders. That's concrete that's been painted to look like steel. I've just ruined it for everybody. I'm sorry, but that's my favourite part of the show. It's amazing.
1: My favourite part is the organisation that the uh, the team have put together. This fantastic show. Oh yeah, back on track.
0: (laughs) Sorry about that. What I'm
1: here for. Yeah. Um. So these, oh, by the way, before we start, if you want beer, there is some beer at the back. And uh, you can heckle us and then throw cans at Colin. Um, but uh, if you want a beer, you There should, actually
0: is beer. There really is lying. beer to drink. You so, should get um, a beer. You're all sitting there going, oh, cool, yeah. You're all going, I really want a beer. I don't want to get up and get I'm a beer. I'm not giving up this seat beer. For beer. <laughs> We're not allowed to have beer and it would hurt us if you don't get beer. And Matt North is going to drink all the beer. There we go. Passing it out. Excellent.
1: So, the, I think there's been a bit of a change with Cup North this year, where it's become very orientated on customers as well as the industry. Whereas I think in the past, it's been much more of an industry kind of get together, which I think is great, but we're gonna focus today in the evening on on business and, and the business of brewing. Um, and we're gonna have speakers come up who are gonna talk to us about different facets of growing businesses in the North in particular, which um, I'm gonna find really interesting. But I've got to ask a question. I want to see hands in the audience. So I'm in Stafford. If you don't know where Stafford is, it's just above Birmingham, just below Stoke. Am I north or am I south? So north? North. Raise your hands if you think it's north. South? Don't care. <laughs> see, I see myself as north. I think anything above the Watford Gap is north. But
0: no. Nah. Yeah, I, I I'm not from here. Are you not? No. Uh, where are you from, Colin? Well, I'm from the mainland. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I sometimes get the feeling that everything north of London is north. I don't know. Hmm. But well, the south
1: don't want me. The north don't want me. <laughs> so I'm not sure where to go. Um, so um, talk a little bit about kind of like the the importance of of, of growing a business and. And what I want to talk particularly about to you, Colin, is that you've been doing some studying. You've been doing the uh, university... I've read stuff. You've read stuff. Um, And what what is that that you've been spending all the time instead of working at 3FE?
0: (laughs) Um, So, can I get a show of hands quickly? Who here runs a coffee shop? Okay, so that's a good number of people there. Who here wants to run a coffee shop? One, two, three... (laughs) I, th- I think there's more. I think there's more as well. That's a good show of hands anyway. Um, so I my background is in finance, and I did uh, a business and law course in university, and then opened the business and felt like my education was absolutely zero help to me in well, doing that.
1: We've talked about this on the podcast before, and I, and I've had lots of conversations since that, where you said about... Like people come to you and ask you the questions of running business. So like you know, what do I do with this cash flow? Thing? And I'm, I didn't learn that either. And you kind of school doesn't teach you how to run a co- you know, how to run a business, let alone a coffee business. Mm. Um, and I, I, I am I'm very envious that you've actually got off your backside and done something about. Um, Kind of learning those things because a lot of what happens in coffee shops is it's a hobby to start off with or in a row street this is my hobby i want to do this i feel passionate about it and then set up a business but not necessarily have the background to make it a successful or strong business
0: i think the thing that i didn't anticipate was that like when you go to university or even just like in in secretary school or whatever you guys call it over here um they what didn't they do they, t- <laughs> they teach you uh, like techniques and methods and and ways to do things but the difference is that when you run a business and it probably resonate with a lot of you here is that what you're charged with running a business is not like how to do things it's which one to do so running a business is more about making decisions and making the right decisions so at any one juncture whether it's like what paper cups do we get or how many staff do we employ or what are the opening hours there's lots of paths there there's lots of models lots of techniques in place but the p- real pressure comes on you deciding which which one to go with and then all of your staff hating you for picking the wrong one. So I think that's uh, the big thing that you can't really learn in university or in books, really.
1: I mean, why is it important to run a business as a business? Like, what, what kind of... It sounds a bit stupid to say, but, I mean, why can't it just be a hobby business that, you know, kind of pays the bills?
0: Because I'm terrified of my wife, Stephen. <laughs> that's, um, no, like, I think... Uh, when I opened the shop, for really, uh, Dublin is a small city, it's probably a similar size to Manchester um, and there wasn't really any specialty coffee at all uh, so when we, when I opened the shop and it was literally me and, and a machine, that was it, I was just, I, I fed off, for a bit, good two years, fed off the joy of just having a specialty coffee shop and people coming in and tasting coffee and be like, that's amazing. You're like, yeah, no. <laughs> and it was just, that was just really exciting. And then like two years deep into it and I'm like, I'm not a fat man anyway, but like I'd like, lost a lot of weight and I was absolutely broke. And I was like, wow, this is like, I can't do this forever. you just been completely exhausted. And I was like, this needs to change. And then, you know, kids come along and, you know, marriage and life gets in the way. And you're like, I need to do this properly. But like, I think what's happened since is that I've, the people have come and work for me. Are advancing faster in this industry than I did, um, at a much better rate, and that's very rewarding. But it all comes down to actually, I don't know, just sitting back and saying, look, this needs to be a proper thing, and it needs to be, uh, it needs to run by itself, it needs to be sustainable.
1: And do you think it's a fairly unique thing for the coffee industry to, that has a lot of people that are running their businesses not necessarily as a, a as, as a business, but more of a, more of as a lifestyle business?
0: Yeah, it's definitely got that thing where I think like most people here are working coffee and uh, you've all been to like you know parties or whatever social gatherings and people say oh working coffee and they go oh that must be amazing and you're like it's it's good yeah. yeah and it's definitely a perception that we just all sit around drinking beer and well, that's quite a bad example but we uh <laughs> but that it's um uh, it is definitely seen as a lifestyle job for a lot of people um and that's the tricky thing, you know, and sometimes you get, you get pulled into that and you really need to, I don't know, pull out the stops. Because it's very easy to exist in coffee, but to progress and think, like, I don't know, make the, that thing and that decision about where you're going to be in 10 years' time and actually worry about the people coming behind you as well.
1: Do you think there's um, almost an embarrassment of making like making a profit in coffee because we talk about the producers back at origin and how we need to pay more for the coffee there yeah and if we're making money in a coffee shop like it almost makes us the bad person because we maybe should send all of that money
0: back to
1: where the coffee was grown
0: yeah it's something that people don't want to talk about but it's it's a reality of it and then like i think people get into it for the wrong reasons sometimes just because they they love it you know they love coffee they love coffee shops they love roasting coffee. Like today, Roland, who's a ro- roaster, has been retweeted something, um, and it was just—it was a post from a, a brewer. You, f- you follow him? No, um, but it was a post from a brewer, and he was basically—I can't remember what the brewer was called—but he was saying that he loved brewing; and it was great. But he was essentially stopping because he didn't really get to brew anymore. He just was driving vans and making invoices and all that kind of stuff. I think, like our our young, excitable industry, as it's growing, is going to see a lot more people do that. You know, because it's it is tough. It's very hard. And I'm not, like it's not. I mean, there's the worst things you could do for a living. I mean, we're all very lucky to to be in this industry. But at the same time, if you want to run a business, you have to run a business, or else you know it's just going to be a very painful end for you.
1: Um. So to set a business. Uh, a successful business there needs to be some kind of structure to that there needs to be some kind of uh, formulation and uh, we've just come you, you didn't come because roasters were only invited but we did roasters guild i have a roastery do you know where it is i've been there <laughs> yeah we, we we don't let you look at the roaster um but Morton uh, Munchow did a presentation at the Roasters Guild talking about... That's um, a great name,
0: isn't it? Sorry no, for interrupting, Morton no, Munchow. No, it Sounds is. Sounds like a superhero.
1: Go on. <laughs> um, but he talked about the, the blocks of a business uh, a business model. And I know this is something that you've done as part of your edumacation.
0: Edumacation, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and we're going to put one up on the screen. Can you talk us through um, kind of what, what these, these bits mean? Um, yeah. Just how to build a business.
0: Yes. Yeah, so this is not mine. I'm going to pretend it is though. This is called the Business Model Canvas. And there's lots of uh, videos on YouTube and I can't remember the uh, the name of the channel, but if you Google this, you'll find them. And it's a really, really, really valuable thing for people when they're setting up businesses. And what resonates most about this is that like, you could have a really, really great uh, business idea, but not have a great business plan. And they're they're not the same thing. All right, so a great business idea would be, I don't know, like selling flying bears. Okay, it's a great business idea, but the fact that flying bears don't exist means it's not a very good business plan. So that's a very extreme example.
1: Can you stop building my hopes up.
0: Yeah. So what this does is that, like, it 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 breaks everything off into a map, and like you can print this off. What I did is I printed this off in um, a one paper. Uh, an architect friend did it for me and laminated it and. You just draw on it and then wipe it out, and what you do is you just fill in all the roles of how you would build a business. So, like simple things like your value proposition is like for a coffee shop is a very important thing. So, like your value proposition is essentially what what have you got for people? So why is it, Why is it different to every other coffee shop? And that seems like a very simple thing to talk about, but when you write that down on the board and then ask somebody to come and look at it, they'll go, "Ah, that's not necessarily true or else they'll say, have you ever thought about this? This is why I come to your coffee shop. That might be something as simple as being a place that has Wi-Fi near a load of offices. You know, that's a value proposition. It's part of your value proposition or having lots of chairs. Like that's part of your value proposition. And as much as that isn't what we in Specialty coffee love, that helps you build a business plan, you know? Um, Like other things like customer relationships is really interesting. So you can think of suppliers that you have, and some of them are very hands-on and very, you know, they want to help educate you and help you learn more about what you're doing. Others, you just pay them and they send you the stuff. And you need both types of suppliers. You know, like, I don't really want to know much about the paper cups. Just send me the paper cups. Thanks for the paper cups. But like with the pork, we want to know, you know, how the pigs are being treated and all that kind of stuff. So what? what, what is your business? Is your business a place where the staff are already friendly, that they talk to the customers? Is it just a... Here's your coffee. That's also fine, you know, and that needs to be reflective of the environment you're serving them in. And I'd really encourage you to watch those videos because it's like building this gives you a strong sense of the business that you want to create and how you want your business to be seen. But I think the most important thing about this is that it's also a really, really cool diagnosis tool. So if you have a business, you should fill this out. Like we fill this out for like our wholesale department or the way we sell espresso machines or the way uh, one like each of the shop runs, you know. And it's it's interesting to make you think about how your business runs and make other people look at it and see what they think your value proposition is or you know, your cost structures and your the partners in your business, you know. And it also helps you generate ideas about how you can how you can run strings, you know. It's um there's a really cool example of one of the videos is Ryanair. And one of the key resources in Ryanair's um, business model, and it's blatant when you see it, is that they have one type of aeroplane. And when they set up and they have one type of aeroplane, that means that they have a lower stock of parts. They need engineers to do just one thing all the time because it's the same aeroplane. And they saved millions, whereas all the other airlines had different size aeroplanes and different makes of aeroplanes. And that was one of the key factors why their business plan uh, Went from strength to strength but if you ask people why Ryanair succeed they'd say oh it's because they have cheap flights it's not like it's for many many other different reasons so building one of these up can really give you a good idea about what your your business does and how you can succeed
1: that's all i know as well that's that it yeah you've done i didn't go
0: to any of the classes
1: (laughs) is that next term I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's lots of words that we use in business, kind of like margin versus markup. I mean, things like you know, profit, cash flow. Why are these things important if you're actually going to be you know, setting up a successful coffee business?
0: It's funny you spring bring that up because I'm actually writing a book about that at the moment.
1: Are you writing a book, Colin? You haven't yeah, mentioned this.
0: I don't like to talk about it now, to Where honest, will actually. it be available now? <laughs> it's, it's called What I Know About Running Coffee Shops. It's more com. of a pamphlet than a book, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Call it what you will. Um, no, it's kind of, it, in all honesty, it became an almost embarrassing process for me because it just, it's just a litany of awful mistakes that I made. Anyone that listens to the podcasts um, would have uh, seen Ross Brown's talk during the week that we put up, and Ross is very candid about the absolute shit show that was his shop in the early days. And uh, I meet lots of coffee shop owners like that. And I've, I meet people because we supply like 50 different businesses and they go to you and they're like, What the hell does this mean? And it's taken them a year to build up the courage, you know. And it's there's a lot, a lot to it, you know. And it's um, it's important to ask questions, even if you feel stupid asking those questions, you know.